haven't done this in a long time. Oh, are you ready? No. <laughs> well, here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. My name is Alexis. My name is Alyssa. Not Haley. Nope. And this is Sorry. Hysterical History. Yay. Yay. Yes, Haley is gone. Not like dead. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's visiting family away. We miss her. We do. And uh, she'll be back soon. But until then, Alyssa, I just find someone to substitute. And it's usually just like the closest friend that I have near <laughs> me. So I'm just like, hey, you want to do it? And I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> you might remember Alyssa, too, because we did an episode previously. It was a re-record of um, our Dolly Madison episode. Yeah. Because Haley and I recorded it, and then something weird happened, and the audio was bad and didn't work. So... But I got to have fun. But you did. You got to be here. <laughs> so welcome back. And, like, we've gotten emails before. I should look through them, or I should have done that before we started, but um, where people have said that either they or their kids were like, oh, I like the guests. Like, you should have guests on more. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> Sorry. Wish granted today. There you go. <laughs> Those people are excited. Other yes. people are like, this is not normal. <laughs> so I'm sorry the music lied to you that it's me and Haley. It's not today. But you know what is today? What? Dorothy Dandridge, who's the oh, woman right, you just Dorothy. saw. Yes, yes. And the video I showed you. She showed me a video. It was adorable and amazing, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Dorothy Dandridge is a famous black actress from, uh, she. I think she started acting in like the 40s, and she got pretty renowned. She's pretty cool. She's so cute. She's very pretty. She's adorable. Uh, we watched the Chattanooga Choo Choo with the Glenn Miller Band, um, which I played in high school jazz band. Hey. So I was like, I know this song. Which is why I'm like humming along, but like to the trumpet part specifically, because I'm like, I don't know what other people play. Just humming the trumpet. There's like extra notes that I'm like, that's not in there, because in my version, it's just the trumpets. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, Dorothy's our first in our line for Black Lives Matter for Black History Month of our own right now. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a month, just as long as we mm-hmm. feel like it and have things to talk yeah, about, which why there's not? so many people. So, mm-hmm. but And, like, I want to say up top, too, I found a book about Dorothy Dandridge that's 678 mm-hmm. pages long. I uh, didn't have the opportunity to read it this weekend before this because uh, I needed to put something together, you know, before homework. So, like, in between homework and now I needed to do something. So uh, I was just going to say, everybody, I reserve the right to return to previous people we've talked about with more information, you know? Yeah. Like, probably not people like Benedict Arnold, who we talked about exhaustively, or like Josiah, I'm never talking about him again, but... Like, b- bonus, 10 episodes about Josiah coming next year. <laughs> no, please don't. But, you know, if the, if we for some reason talk about someone and we kind of condense them into one episode and they're a big figure, or there's a lot of information out there we didn't get to, then like, I reserve the right to do more in-depth episodes later. So we'll give you a rundown of her life, and then probably I'll read that book at some point and do a more in-depth situation. Yeah, why not? Seems like there's a lot of stuff happening here. So Dorothy Dandridge is born in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, Cleveland. Beautiful Ohio. Oh, is that gosh. Is that where you lived? Yeah, we lived in—when <laughs> I was a kid, we lived in Strongsville, which is just outside of Cleveland yeah. for a couple of years. And I call those years the dark years. <laughs> 
not to offend anyone from Cleveland or That's Ohio okay. in general, we, but for a family very Seattle-based, yeah. and all of our extended family in Seattle, and rooting for the Mariners when they were playing in the playoffs against the Indians, Woof. that was a rough time to be in Cleveland. <laughs> a rough time to be alive. You don't have to apologize. We make fun of Cleveland <laughs> so much on this show. Good. I don't know why. I think Haley is always like, ugh, Cleveland, it's and I a, don't know anything about it. It's an easy target. Yeah, it's easy to make fun of. I think they get it. But she's born on November 9th, uh, 1922, uh, and by the time she's born, her parents have already separated, which, Aww, like, you know. Rough. And her mother, Ruby Dandridge, she was five months pregnant, and she apparently left him. But she left—his name is Cyril, I think. She left him because he wouldn't move out of his mother's house. So she was like, yeah, if you can't be an adult, then I don't want to have a baby with you. I mean, that's fair. Fair. I think valid. <laughs> So I guess he didn't so much leave her as— He wouldn't leave his mom's house. Wouldn't leave his mom's. I mean, I would probably feel the same way. Yeah. So— And so she takes—and they already had a child together, Vivian, uh, an older daughter than Dorothy, and he still wouldn't leave his mom's house. So it's not like they just had a baby or they're going to have a baby and, like, she leaves. They had a baby. They had a kid already who's a couple years old, I think. So, like— it's not like she didn't wait. It's a pattern of behavior. <laughs> he just won't leave. So, uh, yeah, Ruby thinks he's a spoiled mama's boy, <laughs> as my quote <laughs> says, who will never leave his mother's house. Which I love a mama's boy, but that's, too, that's extreme. That's mama's boy. Yeah. Dorothy's mother, Ruby, is uh, an entertainer and a comedic actress. Oh. Um, so she's already kind of in the showbiz, so it's not super surprising that her daughter becomes also an actress. So Dorothy and Vivian, who's her older sister, when they're young, they're pretty good singing and dancing for children, you know, because, like, the bar is lower. Um, but <laughs> people think they're Wait, good. Wait, how are they compared to Mary-Kate and Ashley? I have no idea. There's, I don't think there's a video of them when they're little because it's, like, way back in the time, you know. I am imagining they, were they weren't famous. Than Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> Entirely possible. Um, but so they begin performing at local theaters and churches when Dorothy is five. Wow. Yeah. So Mary Kate and Ashley age. I mean, they're yeah. younger, but like they're, it doesn't count when you're a baby. No. It's not the, their fault that Full House is so long. <laughs> and there's some articles that say that her and her sister liked to dance and sing. And there's other ones that say, like, pushed into show business at a young age by her mother. So it's, like, you know, hard to know. It's always hard with child actors to and singers to figure out if they like it. Or Especially if, if their parents are already yeah, in the business. Right. Like, um... I know Finn Wolfhard has talked about this before, that I guess his dad was, like, a director or something, and that's why uh, it was, like, easier for him to get into it. But that he, you know, his parents had expressly not been interested in their kids being in show business and, like, specifically being child actors. And then that he was like, I really want to do this. And then, like, after he said, like, years of asking, I think his dad was like, fine, and, like, helped him out and, like, figure out what to do. And, and, like, there to make sure he's cool. But, uh, yeah, other parents will push you into doing it because they're like, you're cute and could make me money. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be nice? Ever seen the show For Toddlers everyone. and Tierras? Yeah. <laughs> That's, mm. a, That's all them, that is. Throw them right under the bus. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Bye. But so, yeah, it depends. And it's hard. It's, like, impossible to say, you know, whether or not she wanted to do it at that point or whether her mom was pushing her to do it. But she did it. Uh, with her sister, they were called the Wonder Children. Oh. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know why children sounds like more than two children to me. Like, more than two for some reason. 
And so then it makes it sound like there are a lot of kids <laughs> to yeah. me. So I'm like, okay. But they would sing and dance. And uh, after a while, Ruby's friend, uh, so Dorothy's mom's friend, mm-hmm. Geneva Williams is her name. She moves in with them and she teaches the girls how to play piano. Nice. Right? Which will help with their performances. Absolutely. And also just a good skill to have. Piano is necessary in a lot of circumstances, especially if they're going to church. Always good to have a pianist available. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know. That's why I never learned to play the piano. (laughs) So that no one can can make me do it. (laughs) I always wish I knew how, but I don't. And people always think I do because I'm, like, musically inclined. So they're like, you play piano. And I'm like, absolutely not. I know where the notes are. Same. So there's that. I can find myself the right note if I look at the keys long enough. Yeah. That does not make a piano player. (laughs) But they don't like Williams very much because she apparently—I didn't read any examples of this, which are probably in the book—but that she's, like, verbally abusive to them Mm -hmm. and is just, like, really aggressive in general, which, like, not to stereotype piano teachers. (laughs) (laughs) But absolutely to stereotype piano teachers. But there is a stereotype about (laughs) piano teachers, about them being, like, really aggressive and terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like not all of them are, but— Williams is. She is fitting into stereotypes. (laughs) She is one of them. Where she's not fitting into stereotypes is years after this happened, you know, like when she's little and she doesn't like her, Dorothy realizes or is told, I'm not sure, that her mother and Geneva are lovers. Oh. Yeah. So they were dating. Fun. Mm -hmm. She had no idea. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, yeah. Makes sense. Your mom's friend moves in with you. It's. But, like, women live together all the time, and it's just, like, yeah. chill time, not weird. Yeah. Especially when, you know, she needs help with her daughters. Yeah. Like, you're just like, I'm just moving to help. hmm Because it's, like, the 30s or whatever. Yeah. So you can't be like, we're having sex banging. No, no. no. Not at that time, no. Uh, but, you know, so Dorothy's not, as far as I know, she's straight. But her mom seems to be bi or a lesbian, perhaps. So happy pride. <laughs> Yay. Slip some gay in by the end of the month. <laughs> right there at the mm. end. Although this probably comes out on Wednesday, so it's just past. But, you know, eh. sorry we spent Pride Month just filled with Josiah <laughs> being the worst straight man possible. But you know what? Tearing down straight men is part of Pride, <laughs> too. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> but, yeah, so later she finds out she, they're dating. And I'm sure that was like, oh, mm-hmm. how strange. I feel I feel like, you know, more intensely than this, obviously, but... Uh, I used to read Tamora Pierce books, and there are two ladies in one of the books series that I read that I guess are supposed to be lovers also, and I had no idea when I was a kid. Because it was just like, yeah, they just, like, live together and they take care of the kids. But, like, they're not their kids. They're, like, teachers. So I was like, sure. And then and then later they, people were like, yeah, they're dating. And I was like, oh. <laughs> they are? No oh. idea. Weird. You look back and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, good for you. <laughs> You snuck it in there so Eh, stealthily. Sneaky Tamora Pierce. But uh, anyway, so they move to Nashville because these kids can sing and they can dance and they live in the, you know, Midwest. So, like, where do you go? Nashville. Nashville. Clearly. That is the music place. That's where to be. Or Dorothy and Vivian signed with National Baptist Convention to tour churches throughout the South. They're on a tour. A church tour. A church tour to sing and dance their little hearts out because I think they're still quite small. Yeah. Still children. The Wonder Children tour for three years, which is a lot for children. Mm-hmm. That's a long Especially time. because I don't know how long these tours are. Like, how long are they taking breaks? Probably yeah. not a lot. I mean, nowadays, when I think about, like, musicians, they usually tour for, I don't know, four or five months, take yeah. a little break, then tour for another six months. Right. Like, 
three years is a long time. And, like, these are times when they don't care about children, labor laws, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, this kind of, like, work-to-the-grind situation. It's for church. Like, you should want to go to church and, like, help people. And they, they make us so happy when you're there. For Jesus. Yes. So it's like, sing for Jesus. <laughs> Great. I love the manipulation that's probably happening. Um, yeah, it says they had no time for activities normal for youngsters their age. Well, yeah. Yeah, if you're on tour for three years, yeah. you are Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> Except for they're not twins. Working round the clock. Yeah. And so then the natural place to go for Ruby and her kids is, you know, Hollywood. That's mm-hmm. where you want to go. Now that she knows that they're talented and they can do this whole tour and everything. And uh, it's also the Great Depression, I think. It's like 1930-ish. So there's not a ton to do over there in the East. The West is having a better time with it. Yeah. So they're like, let's go over here, which is eh, fair. Mm-hmm. I get it. And she enrolls and them mo- in dance and classes. And movies are pretty, mm-hmm. pretty new. Yes. I mean. And much more stable than other things. Because yeah. even when you're like. I can't afford a lot of things. You're like, oh, but like a movie would really make me happy and like perk me up. Yeah. People still go. A moving picture. Mm-hmm. The, the <gasps> talkies. What? She's in some talkies. Oh, man. But yeah, she enrolls them in dance classes, so refine the talents. And you saw Absolutely. her dance. Like, she's pretty good. She's, yes, she's very good. She's, she's very graceful. Serviceable. Um, if not a good dancer. Mm-hmm. In, in that she's pretty, like, she's not doing a lot of dancing, but also like the boys are the main act. Yeah. Uh, so Ruby hears that the girls together sees them dancing and singing with a friend at the dance school. And she's like, oh, we need to add another girl to this so that mm. we're a three-peat here. And so she grabs her. Uh, her name is <laughs> just, Etta Jones. Just grab the girl. Just grab this random girl you just met at dance class. <laughs> and uh, she joins them in the 1930s. They become the Dandridge sisters, even though one of them is not related, which is just classic move. Mm-hmm. It's like whenever it's like the Abbott brothers or whatever, it's like, how many of you are brothers? I always wonder, you know, are you really brothers? Because sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's like, we're basically... And it's like, no, 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 no. Are you related? (laughs) Are you like the Naked Brothers Band where you're related? (laughs) They were trending the other day. I don't know why. What a strange (laughs) reference to make. They were trending. They're trending. why. I don't know. Every tweet I saw about it was like, why is it trending? I don't care. I love them. (laughs) (laughs) So I have no idea. Nobody knows where it's It's like it, it turns out something terrible happened, and I'm just, like, making fun of it. Anyway. <laughs> Cross your fingers. <laughs> you never know. I only read, like, five tweets because after all of them were the same, I was like, hey, nobody knows. It's impossible to know. <laughs> That's a dedication of my research about this specific yeah. thing. I don't care. Like, well, I want to read about Dorothy. I don't want I don't care about the Naked, Naked Brothers. Brothers. But so their big break comes. 1935. They appear in the Paramount musical the big broadcast of 1936. <laughs> what a title. You got to prepare. <laughs> Did you know all the titles back then had the date of the next year? In yeah, it? yeah. Because that's course. when it comes out. Naturally. Obviously. Then you're like, what years are going to come out? You don't know. Yeah. Unless they tell you. And then in 1937, they have a small part in uh, a famous film, not famous film, but like uh-huh. film by famous people. Okay. Guess who? It's the 30s. So. Chaplin? Uh, no. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> the Marx Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, people you've heard yeah. of. Yeah. I um, know those dudes. 
they uh, their band is in uh, a film called A Day at the Races. Hmm. Apparently they're not credited, but, but they they're are in it. In it Good which, for them. Yeah. I, I feel like especially back then because the pool is so much smaller that you don't have to be credited in something necessarily for, like, somebody important to see you in it and be like, wow, they're impressive. And that, you know, obviously there's a lot of racism at the time. So. What? What? In the 30s and 40s, what? people were no. super racist. <laughs> yes. And so uh, Crazy. there's also a different standard, you know, they're being held to that it's like, wow, these little black girls are impressive yeah. for who they are mm-hmm. instead of just like, wow, they're impressive because yeah. they are impressive. But it's like, oh, and they're black. Interesting. Yeah. And it's like, yikes. Mm. I hate that. No, um, it doesn't feel good. And there'll it? be a few times we talk about that it's like... Very obvious that despite the fact that Dorothy sort of um, is like, she's a white passing in a weird way of like, mm-hmm. she's clearly not white if you see a color picture of her. But if you see some of the black and white pictures of her, she looks white. She's pretty light skinned and she's got very like Caucasian features mm-hmm. to, which is why like I saw one picture of her in black and white and I'll show it to you that I was like, is she black? Because she doesn't look black. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a color picture of her and I'm like, oh, she's obviously black. Mm-hmm. And like in some of her black and white pictures, she looks much more black because a lot of it's styling. I think because of that, she has an easier time mm-hmm. in Hollywood because they're like, well, you kind of look white. <laughs> so, like, so that'll work for yeah, us. Yeah, close enough. And it's like, Ooh. great. <laughs> I hate it. But so uh, in 1938, they also appear in Going Places. A mo- is that a movie? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it says they're performing. I think it's a bar. It might be a movie. I'm not sure. But it says they're performing Jeepers Creepers with Louis Armstrong. Oh, hey. Yeah, so they're, like, getting in the business, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Like, once again, peop- there's going to be a lot of people you've heard of. Mm-hmm. And they're here. <laughs> so good for her. And they were booked at New York Cotton Club. I don't know. I guess that was important. I don't know. It sounds kind of racist. Cotton Club? Is it only it- black people? Hard to say. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> but they I'd, I'd went be, there. That's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know that I should Google that. <laughs> it feels like it would be a, a bad thing to Google. Yeah. I don't know why, but. Sure. <laughs> no, I get it. Just there might be a race, a racial element. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like there could Which, be. Because of the time period is. Yeah. Very Entirely possible. Yeah. But the point is they're playing at a New York club, which is awesome. And they're playing with Louis Armstrong, which is yeah. very cool. I mean, they're, awesome. they're not playing, they're dancing and stuff, but you get it. They're performing with yeah. him. And then the girls move to New York. Well, they're 16. So they went, so they went, they've gone from Cleveland mm-hmm. to Nashville mm-hmm. to Hollywood mm-hmm. to New York. Yep. Man. Natural progression of life. Back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Back and forth. Yeah, they're in New York now. I think just because they're getting more gigs there probably. Uh, they're 16 at the time. They moved there without their mother, but with Williams, which I find strange. Hmm. Bizarre, because she just stays wherever at home, I guess. And I'm like, weird? Because I think Williams is there. But, uh, yeah, I'm also like, don't just let your 16-year-old daughters go, but it's also the 30s, so whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. And there, Dorothy meets Harold Nicholas, who was in the video I showed you. Oh. Of the Nicholas Brothers dance team, Uh. who are real brothers, both of them. (laughs) 
good well, for you. Yeah, they looked very similar. They do look very similar. Yeah. And um, they're both very talented dancers. Oh my gosh, extremely talented. I told Alyssa, because at the beginning, we'll post the video, but at the beginning of the video, it's like, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in sync. They're like, they definitely have that jazzy vibe. They're tap dancing, doing a good job. But then at the end, they start doing like freaking flips, and it's wild. It's right, the last 30 seconds, I'm like, what are, wow. This is a lot <laughs> happening. And I was like, so yeah. So good. Because I told her that I like, like, I feel this way about professional dancers and singers a lot of times that I'm like, or like not even professional ones, but just people who are really good. And I'm just like, yeah, lots of people are good at dancing. So like this person is also good at dancing. Mm-hmm. Great. But I'm not like, wow, amazing. You know, like when people watch, my parents love um, America's Got Talent. And they'll be like, look at this five-year-old girl who can sing opera. And I'm just like, nah, I don't really care. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen kids who are good at singing. I don't really care. You know, but the, every time they're like, amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay. I'm kind of like I feel like I'm sort of desensitized to it, but still, when they start flipping, I was like, "Oh gosh!" Yeah. I'm like, "Wow, they're really good." And they do those like jumpy splits thing. Oh yeah, and then like, like they're pop flipping off up. stuff and popping into splits. Like they're doing um, what's it called? There's a thing. There's a term for drag queens when they do that because they'll like jump and drop into a split. Oh, I can't remember like what a, it is. Like a dead drop. It might be a dead drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they just fall into a split. That's what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy. They're, uh, the Nicholas Brothers are the original drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> Except for they're not in drag. So uh, she begins dating Harold. I was like, gross, because I thought he was an adult. And then I looked it up. He's like a year older than her. So I'm oh, like, that's fine. That's cool. But I just assumed that he was like 25. And I was mm-hmm. like, ew. Dandridge is, you know, there's lots of, like I said, racism, segregation going on at the time. You know, this is before schools are desegregated. This is Loving Me Virginia's in 67. So, yeah, it's way before that. So, like, you're not allowed to have interracial marriage. They're segregated schools. Like, it's a bit, we're very separate, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's very obvious for her in the entertainment industry because half the time she's, you know, singing on stage. So they'll be the main performers, and then she's not allowed to eat at the restaurant because no blacks allowed. That's so weird to me. And she's not allowed to use, like, certain bathroom facilities because she's black. They don't have a black bathroom because they don't allow black people to eat at their establishment. But yet people will pay to watch her perform. Yeah. There's somewhere else where they said even when she's, like, at the height of her career, she's in, um, like, she's the headliner at Mm -hmm. these clubs. Uh, They won't give her, like, an actual dressing room. Like, they'll just put her in, like, a broom closet wow. and be like, get ready in there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's just gross. It's terrible. Like, imagine Beyonce in a broom closet. Oh, my gosh. It's like, no. I'm the head person for the night. Nobody puts Beyonce in a closet. <laughs> in a closet, no. <laughs> Not a gay closet. In a, in a racist <laughs> closet. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's just, like, a lot of things that are just, like, in our mind, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that, that's so dumb. That it's like, I don't know, it's such a weird thing people used to do where it's like they value your talent, but then they won't understand that, like, they separate your talent entirely from, like, what you look like is what it feels Mm. like until you stop singing. And then they're like, oh, right, you're black. So you got to go, which is just like, what? It doesn't make any logical sense. And it's so at all uh, exploitative that you would do that. Oh, yeah. Like, it's disgusting. Uh, and you know that despite the fact that I'm sure she's incredibly talented, um, that she's getting paid like garbage compared to if they had a white performer in there who's probably not as good and could eat there and like have a nice dressing room and everything. Mm-hmm. So cool. 
so she starts acting, but she gets into a few, like, small roles in films. Um, like I said, she appears in the Marx Brothers, Day at the Races. Uh, they, like I said, they're not credited. And Going Places, I guess, is a movie. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. Different quote. Uh, with Louis Armstrong. And then one of the articles I read surmised this potentially. It said, perhaps to get Dorothy away from Nicholas, William signed them f- up for a European tour. <laughs> couldn't be that they want them to make money in Europe or more exposure. They're like, nah, I don't like that they're dating. Get her away from this boy. Send her to Europe for work. Boys are bad. I'm sure she hated it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they have a great time in Europe. They love them, obviously. How could you not? But their tour gets shortened, unfortunately, because of World War II. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that is is the time period. (laughs) It's time for World War II, baby. So... Yeah, that's kind of a scary time to be in Europe, so I get it. Yeah. Gotta go. Yeah. See you later. They return to Hollywood when they get back because they feel like it. Now they've been acting some and they've got this exposure around the world, so that seems to be the place to be again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know who else are in Hollywood? The Nicholas Brothers. Ah. Uh, so, you know. Reuniting. Hi. And she gets right back together with Nicholas. Love. And they start performing more around Hollywood, but eventually they split up, um, uh-huh. you know. But once, but Dorothy is the Beyonce of them, and she gets her own solo career. Well, so yeah. It's fine, you know. Splitting up was good for Beyonce, for yeah. Jesse's child, so, like, yeah. why not? Whatever, Maybe Dorothy. not good for the other ones, but... No. But, the you know, other ones. The other ones. Other people who are in the band, you know, the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know their names. Impossible to remember. Kelly Rowland. Uh-huh. And... I don't remember. The other one. Wasn't there a fourth one, technically, too? There was at the beginning, but yeah. she she kind of got yeeted She's out the of one there quick. No, yeeted. <laughs> oh, wow. You with the lingo. I know, right? <laughs> too much I'm di- so hip. Too much TikTok for I'm you. almost like Gen Z. <laughs> You're like, except no. <laughs> except no. Not even <laughs> Not <close>. at all. <laughs> um... So now she's like, hopefully I can do this on my own now. Like, I'm confident in myself. Uh, and she wants to do without her mom or Williams also. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to be my own person now. She's an adult. And she's like, I can do it. I have talent. Yeah. I have, you know, something to put on my resume. I'm good. I would probably get away from Williams, too. She seemed to yeah. like, a little controlling. I mean, totally. And if she was, like, abusing you when you were a kid, like, mm, get out of there. Mm-hmm. See, I was going to say this earlier. Ruby, uh, Dorothy's mom, is to proof that just because you're bisexual and you have, like, a lot of options. I'm presuming she's bisexual, but, you know, she might not be. But just because you have multiple options, uh, partners, doesn't, even from different genders, doesn't mean uh, that you're good at choosing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of bisexuals have, are terrible choice in partners, no matter the gender of their partner. They just have bad taste. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Or you could be a bisexual like me, where you just date no one. <laughs> you have all the options and date and nobody. You're like, nah. Guess what? None Can't have bad taste if I don't <laughs> date anybody, huh? It's not true. That's also bad taste. But <laughs> unless it's your choice. Yeah, it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Oh, this is getting heavy. I guess sort of. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's not about me. Uh, let's talk more about this, Alexis. Let's talk about Dorothy. <laughs> Have my therapy right now. Yeah. <laughs> so Dorothy lands some small parts in some low-budget films, which, like, you know, that's every start to every actor uh-huh. in Hollywood. Um, she's in Four Shall Die. The titles Ooh. of past movies are so weird. Is it a horror? I don't know. Lady from Louisiana. That's not a horror. Classic. And Sundown. 
maybe. <laughs> and she also sang... Is sundown, comma, the town that dreaded? <laughs> nope, just sundown, oh. unfortunately. Uh, but she also sang and danced with the Nicholas Brothers to Chad Nukachuchu, which is what yeah. I showed you, um, with the Glenn Miller Band, uh, uh-huh. who I, I think they're the original band of Chattanooga Choo Choo? I don't know. They were the ones that we played their version of when we played yeah. it. So their version, at least, is very popular. Uh-huh. And I want her parasol. She's so cute. From that her video. whole outfit is so cute. It's so cute. And their little, like, train that thing. That whole aesthetic is adorable. God bless. It's beautiful. Like, and I love, like I love I said, a we'll, parasol. We'll link the video. Uh, definitely watch. It's real cute. Mm-hmm. And the song right. is good. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like jazz, I guess maybe it's not good. But I think it's pretty unobjectionable. Oh, yeah. Of a quiz. So she's oh. in musicals. Yes. During this time. I just want you to guess a musical she could have been in. The dates are 39 to 64. So it's older. But there is one that's like very popular Wizard of Oz. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been shocking. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, and that's not a movie, it's on Broadway or like on. In theater. I don't know if it's on Broadway. I shouldn't say that. It's not a movie? I mean, it's a movie now. Oh. But, like, at the t- it's, she's not in a movie version of it, is oh, what okay. I'm saying. So it's, it's, on, oh, it's in gosh. the theater. <laughs> Put in a fun quiz for you to stress out about. This is hard. <laughs> cats. Cats? No. Isn't cats like the 70s? I don't know. Uh, I This is actually really <laughs> stressful for me because I pride myself in being a fan of Broadway musicals. It's true. That's why I put it in here for oh, you. Oh, gosh. Do you want me to just tell you? You just want to hurt me. Give me, like, the first letter. W. Wicked. <laughs> no. Wicked's so new. I give up. It's West Side Story. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She's in 62. But she's also I in. I feel really bad now. <laughs> Especially W. It's a- so few musicals <laughs> that start with W. Wicked. <laughs> it's not the right time. She's also in Swingin' the Dream. Meet the people, jump for joy, sweet and hot, crazy girls, West Side Story, and Showboat. Okay. I've heard of Showboat and West Side Story. I have not heard of Showboat. (laughs) I've not heard of any of the other ones. It's one of those, I feel like it's one of those old ones that, like, if you heard some of the music, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, sure. That's where that comes from. Like the theme I've probably heard or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there was your stressful quiz. Now it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. You're welcome. <laughs> so <laughs> Dorothy refuses uh, roles where she's being asked to play savages or slave or servants. And there's kind of debate about that. There's from the different sources I read. Some of them said it's her own choice. And some of them said she's being advised by, like, agents or directors not to take those. Mm -hmm. That they're like, if you want to actually be a serious actress, if you do that, that's all people are going to see you as, is, like, someone who plays a slave. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, most of the roles out there, you can imagine, for um, black actors and actresses at the time are in those roles. So that's denying a lot of work that she, you know, probably feels like could fill out her resume, whether or not she's denying it because she wants to or if other people are telling her not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unfortunate, again. Another consequence of the racism. Thank you. But she gets married in 1942 to Nicholas. Yay! Mm-hmm. On September 6th. 
Uh, I also have conflicting sources about this because she stops acting while they when they get married. Uh, and some of the sources said it's because she just wanted to settle down and be a mother. And other sources said she gave up her career to be with him. I don't know why she would have to do that since they've been working together. So that seems odd to me. But uh, either way, she stops working, at least for a bit. And uh, their marriage, unfortunately, not great. Nicholas apparently is a man slut. So mm. he's even though he's married now to Dorothy, who is incredibly beautiful yeah. um, and out of his league, <laughs> he is running around with other women. I'm so disappointed because yeah. I was so shipping it. Mm-hmm. They're really cute. You first told me. Yeah. And now I'm just angry with him. It's the unfortunate. nerve. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is not a movie or TV show. This is an actual real life story. Yeah. Where... Men are bad <laughs> for most of the story, <laughs> which is like, I mean, you could say, you know, on a book, history, men are bad. Uh-huh. It could just be the title <laughs> for in general. Not to I you mean, men who are listening, you know, but you statistically, know, you understand if men like history, they have to know. And if they listen to this podcast, you know. <laughs> but anyway, he starts taking all these long trips. That she's not there for, doesn't tell her about. And when he's home, he's spending time golfing or hanging out with other women. Dorothy apparently blames herself, her sexual inexperience, for him not being interested in her. Honey. Which is like, yuck. You know, like, I feel so bad that she would blame herself for him cheating on her. And I know, I know a lot of women do Mm -hmm. do that. And it's so sad. Like, yeah. Because that's his problem. A hundred percent. Like you, you're that's all his problem. When you do that, you're like victim blaming yourself. Yeah. Right? You're saying like, I'm the problem. Because you just think, I mean, probably because they've given you an impression that like something's wrong yeah. with you, not them. Because they're trying to get out of it. And that's some unemotionally abusive relationships. Thanks. <laughs> and then she discovers she's pregnant. So she's happy and excited, and she mm-hmm. thinks that because she's pregnant, that Nicholas might, like, settle down with other women. Like, just settle down with her and focus on her and the child, right? He doesn't, does he? I mean, that never works, yeah. really. And so uh, she goes into labor with uh, their daughter. They name her Harolyn, like, after Harold, and uh-huh. they just put Lynn on there. They call her Lynn. Mm-hmm. And um, it's on a day when Harold has rushed off for golf, and she doesn't have any car keys, so she has the baby. She, she like, has to find another way to get the hospital and has the baby. But she believes because there was a delay in the delivery because she had to get there a different way, the baby's brain is damaged when it's born. And the doctors say it's because of lack of oxygen. Like, it just, I guess, didn't come out early enough is what she uh-huh. thinks. So that, like, there was enough oxygen in her womb at that point yeah. for the baby to breathe. So it has brain damage, unfortunately. <sighs> I should say it. She has brain damage. This is um. very sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I am very sad now. I'm sorry. I didn't warn you, but it's, it's all your it's fault. Sad. This is real life, Alyssa. <laughs> this isn't a real bit, life. Real life is a tragedy. A fairy isn't tale. It? Um, oh, but fairy tales are so nice. Well, they are. That's why we have them to refresh from the life. Uh, that's not what this podcast is for, though. It's for yeah. the real. So Dorothy, yeah, she's 20 when she gives birth to Lynn. But as Lynn gets older, uh, she realizes something wrong because I don't think they know immediately. Mm-hmm. But when she gets older, she's like, something is weird. Uh, her hyper two-year-old, my quote says, cried constantly and didn't interact with people. So there's that, mm-hmm. which isn't good. You no. know, Not great. 
And then uh, when she gets her checked out, Lynn is deemed developmentally disabled, likely due to lack of oxygen, like I said. And Nicholas at this time is often not only um, emotionally unavailable, but being uh, physically unavailable, like gone, Mm -hmm. just entirely, while she's trying to figure out what's going on with her child and, like, what to do. I can't believe I liked him before. (laughs) It was a trick. I'm so disappointed. (laughs) But, luckily, uh, 1949, they get divorced. Okay. So, bye. She doesn't try to stick it out with him anymore. Like, clearly, he doesn't care about her, so... Later. Kick him to the curb. Unfortunately, Nicholas also avoids paying child support. So Of course he does. That's good. Because men. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And I like, you know, I know it's not technically her mother's fault, but I like sort of blame her mom for like just having terrible abusive partners in general that I'm like, you probably taught your daughter that that's what love looks like. You know, mm. it's like abusive people. So... Yay. And there's a lot of them in Hollywood. Oh, my Hooray. gosh. At, at all times, no matter what Forever. decade it is. But to her mother's credit, uh, Dorothy decides that she wants to act again. She needs to work to take care of her daughter. And she asks her mother and Williams to take care of her daughter until she can get her career going. And mm. they accept. So, uh, you know, they're not doing nothing. Yeah. So that's nice. Although that's... I would be concerned about Williams abusing your daughter. Yeah. So there's that. Never a perfect silver lining in the story. She's surprised when she starts doing more work in Las Vegas even that like people even there are very racist because most of the work she was doing before was in like the East. And I think she kind of assumed the West would be more chill. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood is more chill in general. But like when she's in Las Vegas, people are still like, have a lot of policies that the South has, which is odd to me because I'm just like, it's just a bunch of, like— What's wrong, Vegas? It's the mob. Like, why are you being racist? <laughs> it's the mob. Come on. But I guess she was getting racist treatment in New York, and that's where the mob's from, so. And true. There you go. But, uh, yeah, like I told you, she's not allowed to use the same bathroom as white people. She's not allowed to go through the lobby. She's not allowed to use elevators that white people use. She can't swim in the same swimming pool as them cool so gross it's so stupid it's just like especially for like swimming pool it's like what are they gonna do to you like like swimming pool and bathroom are the ones that i'm just like i mean all obviously all of them are stupid but like i already knew about elevators so i'm just like sure whatever Lobby is also weird to me. They're like, what if they, what if, what if the guests see a black woman in the lobby? And I'm like, she's going to be performing. Scandal. On stage in front of them. The people who see her will probably be the people who are paying to watch her, like, yeah. perform. Mm-hmm. But, oh, heaven forbid she'd be right in front of what them in the lobby. What if they see her in the lobby like she's a regular human instead of a dancing, performing person on stage? Yeah. <laughs> but while that's happening, critics love her. Yeah. Um, they She opens She's fantastic. at the famed Macombo Club in Hollywood and is booked in New York again, becoming the first African-American to stay in and perform at the Waldorf Astoria. Hey. That's a place I, I heard of that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> a place I've never been and will never go except to look at it and yeah. be like, it's pretty. <laughs> Look at that pretty. Would I ever stay there? No. <laughs> this is something that I'm like, these are one of the things that I would really like to read the book so I can know more about this going on. But between 1947 and 1958, the FBI apparently monitors her professional affiliations and activities because she is in the NAACP. <laughs> so they're like, what's up with that? Because it's like new. 
So obviously. <laughs> Radicalizing African-Americans. Oh, my gosh. So you got to worry about it. The stupidity. But also just... <laughs> remember that it's like, what, 40? Yeah, 47 to 58. That's like heavy McCarthyism. That's like intense right after World War II. Everyone's a communist in America, mm. especially in Hollywood. And then on top of that, that she's black. And yeah. that there's an organization organized, like, that's specifically for black rights. Uh-huh. Sounds like communism to me. Sounds like those dang communists. She's also in Progressive Citizens of America, which is, like, more fair. But, like, the fact that they're worried about the NAACP, you're just like, okay. <laughs> like, imagine. Imagine today if somebody was like, did you know this black person's in the NAACP? <laughs> you're like, it's pretty suspect, huh? <laughs> I bet they're a communist. <laughs> no? That seems normal, it's, but okay. It's it's so hard to try and view <laughs> this time period, like, objectively, mm-hmm. because... Oh, yeah. Like, I try to remind myself that we've progressed a lot mm-hmm. as a society and sure. as people, yeah. but, like, it just doesn't make any sense. No, like, yeah. Like, it just... I don't, I don't understand. I mean, and it's, it's wild how, like... People at the time, normal. Uh-huh. And they think it's normal. Like, not everyone, but, like, a lot of people are just like, well, this is how I was raised. This is how it is. Yeah. So it's normal. Just like with what's happening right now with Black Lives Matter. It's the same yeah. thing, right? Where people are like, as terrible as it is, a lot of people are like, well, nothing's wrong with the system because this is the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's not wrong. It just means it's always been wrong. Mm-hmm. And it has. It just was more wrong before. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, this is the thing I was talking about. I don't remember to who. Uh, it might have been to you or to Kate. I'm not sure. But the thing about, like, Black Lives Matter and, like, these kind of movements in general for civil rights are that uh, people who are against them, you know, on the other side will say, like, well, but you have rights already, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they act like black people every time are, like, moving the goalposts mm-hmm. when they don't realize that the goalposts have always been in the same place and that they've moved them forward to be like, oh, well, this is what they want specifically mm-hmm. because they're only asking for, like, one thing because they know they're not going to get everything at once. Yeah. So, you know, for, like— Brown, it's like they want us to desegregate schools. We did it. Why are you still whining? Like it, we're we're all the same now. You know, slavery's over. We're Remember all the how same. We did now. that one thing for you, yeah. And now it's all better. Everything's uh-huh. fixed. Yeah. And then if you if you know if they protest about anything between then and like the next thing, they're like, we just gave you something. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, equality. Um, Just be quiet and enjoy the thing we gave you. <laughs> right. And they do the, I mean, they do the same thing with women, too, that you'll hear people say, like, well, you can vote, you can draw, you can work, you do all these things. What do you want? And it's like, I should be paid the same to be treated the same. Yeah. That's And that's how everybody feels who's in a marginalized group. It's like, From, to be treated the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, obviously can't relate on race. Like, we're both white. But yeah. it's... Similar in the idea of that, like, every time you get something, they think that you're done. Yeah. That's good enough. And it's like, it's not. And uh, at some and people thought this was good enough. They're like, well, you're not slaves anymore. You're welcome. It's like, <laughs> yikes. Now it's all this. We're now, still going to treat you like garbage. Mm-hmm. But uh, we put that black woman. She, she. But you're not slaves. So it's all good. She's doing the Waldorf Astoria. That's just the same as white people. Hmm. Oh, when she gosh. can't even use elevators. Cool. 
Anyway, the point is communism is happening. <laughs> and because she's being associated with, like, progressive uh, organizations, yeah. like Progressive Citizens and the NAACP, she that diminishes her work also. Mm-hmm. So now she won't take jobs where she's looking like a slave or a savage or anything, which is fair. Mm-hmm. And also... Uh, she's not getting a lot of offers because now they think she's a communist. <laughs> Yay. And as far as we know, she's not. Like, she's never, as I mean, nothing that I read said that she was in the Communist Party, like, registered or anything. Which I feel like if she was, would have been in the articles I read. Yeah, <laughs> like, somebody pretty... would have probably known. Uh, like I said, I haven't read the the book, so I don't know exactly, but... It seems like just a class, like classic McCarthyism thing where it's just like everyone in Hollywood is a communist, <laughs> uh, even though they're not. We can't have the communists running the country. Mm-mm. And tricking people's minds with yes. their movie messages. Man. Anyway, so she's at the Macombo Club in Hollywood um, with Desi Arnaz's band. Oh, hey, someone Desi. Someone you've heard of. And they sell out a 14-week engagement at La Vieille Rose, uh, where she becomes an international star after that. She's in London. She's in Rio de Janeiro. She's in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) London, Rio, San Fran. (laughs) San Francisco. And New York, which we already knew. Yeah. And she's still getting, like, bit parts and things, but she... uh, compromises her standard of not playing a savage and agrees to be in a 1950s movie to play a jungle queen in Tarzan's Peril. Oh, no. Yeah. That might have been good for her because a couple years later, she gets a lead in MGM's Bright Road, uh, where it's an all-black production about a southern school teacher playing opposite Harry Belafonte. Oh. Heard of him? Yes. (laughs) This is a lot of, like, I don't watch a lot of old movies or things, so a lot of these I'm like, heard of him? (laughs) Oh, I know the name. Mm. Yes, more familiar. And then later there's, like, even more familiar. I'm like, oh, that's a big one. (laughs) That's a big name. I mean, Harry Belafonte is a pretty big name. Yeah. Or else I wouldn't know it. Yeah. But uh, so she gets that movie with him, uh, which is nice because uh, at the time they're doing a lot of, like, sultry, sexy movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hers is just, like, about a school teacher, and it's an all-black cast, and it's, like, MGM, so it's not, like, nobody. Yeah. You know, it's not a tiny They got the thing. lion. Yeah. They're doing a whole... Rawr. They still exist as a company. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, like, that's that's nice. And, like, I think cements her more in, like, a serious actress instead of just, like, I'm in Tarzan where I'm a jungle queen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But also, she has a daughter to support, so I'm like, I understand. Gotta work. Mm-hmm. But then she gets a, a lead in a movie called Carmen Jones, which is sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to actually watch this movie, even though I don't love watching old movies, because it's based on the opera Carmen. Okay. But uh, it's Carmen Jones. I think the whole cast is also black for this movie. Um and it's, like, modernized, and Carmen's, like, a sexy vixen. You know, like I was saying a minute ago, a lot of sexy going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess she auditioned for it or was going to, and the director, Otto uh, Preminger, said that she was too classy to play Carmen. So, like, he didn't think she could do it. Mm-hmm. So then she came in with a wig on and a low-cut blouse and, like, a sexy skirt and was just being like, hey, a uh, whole bunch of makeup, and then... Uh, he's like, it's Carmen. <laughs> She's here. 
And I'm like, which is funny, except for I'm like, he's like, you're not slutty enough. And then when she, you know, comes in slutty, he's like, there she is. I'm like, ew. Don't love it. It's almost like women can be sexy and classy. Mm, imagine. What? So then, like I said, she's in Carmen Jones in uh, 1954. Uh, it's interesting because I think all of the singing in it is dubbed because she's not an opera singer. Um, and neither is Harry Belafonte. <laughs> Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's all, like, white opera singers, which I think is odd. And it's, mm. like, interesting in a way because usually when people have voices dubbed like that, it's, like, a person of color is singing a song and then the person mouthing it is a white person. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, fascinating that it's, like, the other way. And I'm, like, interesting? I don't know hmm. how this is. But uh, apparently the person who did her singing was Marilyn Horn is her name. And I think they did that not only because they wanted real opera singers but also because – uh, Dorothy can't sing opera, I don't think, and she. I think her voice is in the wrong range for the part, so, like, not going to happen. Sounds like an interesting film. I have a quote for you that says, As a mocha-skinned woman oh, no. whose features suggested Caucasian looks, <laughs> just true, um, Dandridge found herself even more isolated as civil rights and black power movements took momentum. Um, nobody, black or white, seemed to know where she belonged, which uh, makes sense because, yeah, like they said, she kind of looks white. Like, here, I'll show you the pictures real quick. of. So this is her, the black and white picture of her. Oh, yeah. That I'm like, if you didn't know that she was black, yeah, I would assume she was white. Yeah, she's, yeah, she could totally be white passing in black and white photos. 100%. And then here's another picture of her in color where she is. Obviously yeah. black. Yeah. Um, she's beautiful. Man, she's so pretty. Oh, yeah. but she, And she looks a lot like the famous white actresses at the time of, like, uh, she's got a very kind of, like, Grace Kelly, That's Marilyn what I was Monroe, thinking in my head was Grace like, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, Audrey Hepburn vibes. So, yeah, she's definitely got that beauty there for, like, you understand why she's being cast in these things, even though she is black. But they're like, but she's beautiful and she's talented. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I have in my notes that it's like... I know a lot of people get this who are, like, multi-ethnic, who, you know, are, like, half one thing and half another or, like, a conglomerate of different ethnicities where they just, like, don't know what to be and they feel like they have to pick something. Uh, And usually they feel like they have to pick what they most obviously are. And while Dorothy's not experiencing that because she's just black, it is, like, picking between the two worlds, kind of, in that, like, I think at the time that the black power movement feels that people in Hollywood are compromising themselves, that, like, black actress and actors and actresses are compromising themselves to white standards in order to be in movies and things. And, like, they probably would make the argument the only reason that Dorothy is getting these parts is because she looks white, kind of. Mm. Um, which, you know, I would say I don't think that's the only reason, but I understand the argument. And um, it's fair. Yeah, I can't imagine how much stress that puts on her to make these decisions, and especially because it will heavily affect her career, you know, whether or not she can even just support the people who are fighting for rights for people who look like her and her, Mm -hmm. uh, her daughter, you know. That's rough. Yeah, it's a lot, dude. But then also trying to have a career and to take care of her daughter. So then I'm just like, it's a lot of stress to put Mm -hmm. on a person. And it's not just her getting that, obviously. I'm assuming all black actors at the time and actresses are getting that. But, yeah, it's heavy. Mm -hmm. Then I'm just like, yep, it's not a fun time. (laughs) 
I would not want to go back to the 40s, let me oh my tell you. Gosh. Or the, the 50s. No. Or the 60s. No. Or any time before. No. There's a reason not when people ask, I say no. I say the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> and that's only because I want to invest in stocks and I know what happens. I think the farthest back I would ever want to go is probably. Like the eighties. Yeah. Because oh man, I loved the I love the eighties fashion. Sure. I'm just like that wicked crime rate, dude. It's incredibly oh, yeah. high. I mean, it, at least in the eighties it starts to drop off a little. The seventies yeah. is Right. Nuts. Like if I was yeah, in the seventies, I then, I would definitely have been murdered. Yeah. It peaks and declines so, in the eighties, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's incredible. There's some high. bands that I would love to go back and see. Sure. But. I mean, there are bands that were before the 80s that I'd like to yeah. see, but not enough to go back. Oh, if I could go back <laughs> no, no, and no, see no, no. Led Zeppelin play live. Mm. I get that, but Queen. That would make my life. You can see Queen, though, just with Adam Lambert. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, it Freddie doesn't. Freddie Mercury's dead, yep. so too bad. Adam Lambert. Gosh, anyway. <laughs> just sorry to remind everyone that Freddie Mercury's dead. <laughs> um, and if this is, this is the first time you're hearing about it. Sorry. Sorry, he died a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's sad. But everyone's still upset about it because yep. he was awesome. He was amazing. Just a bicon through and through. But yeah, so she's struggling with those feelings of just like, I don't know where I fit in. And then, you know, the government thinks she's a communist. It's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she becomes the first Amer- African-American woman to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress. Hey. Ever. Way to go, Dorothy. I think at this point, like, Gone with the Wind has already come out, and so um, I can't remember the actress's name, but the, like, main black actress in that movie, she wins an Academy Award for um, Best Supporting Actress, Mm. I believe. So, like, people have won awards. Black people have won awards, but not for Best Actress. Not for leading roles. No. I mean, maybe Best Actor, but I I don't even know mm. that. But not for Best Actress, obviously. And the award ceremony is on March 30th, uh, 1955. She is nominated against Grace Kelly, Audrey Hepburn, what? Jane Wyman, don't know who that is, and Judy Garland. Holy cow. Yeah. So, like, that is a powerhouse of women. It is. And if nothing else, like, you should feel so good about yourself that not only are you being equated in a way to these women um, who are all fantastic actresses and Mm -hmm. incredibly beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, but also that you're doing that when you're black, which in the 50s is already giving you a detriment. Uh huh. That they're like have to think you're extra good to be there because they're not just saying like she's like a black Grace Kelly. They're mm-hmm. saying she's on par with Grace Kelly's yeah. acting, you know. And th- and this is the time before like tokenism. Like they don't have a reason to be like, well, we'll throw in a black nominee in there. She won't get it, but like it'll make us look good. I'm assuming that her because <laughs> it doesn't. I'm assuming that her nomination was probably pretty controversial. Possible. I didn't. I didn't read anything about anybody thinking it was weird, but. I'm assuming there were plenty of people who didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, conservative Hollywood members that were like, mm-mm. Like, there's no and reason she, she should be won? in here. No. Oh. She doesn't win. Dang it. <laughs> uh, she loses. I was really, I was really hoping. <laughs> That's fair. For um, a win there. No. She loses to Grace Kelly, which, like, to lose to Grace Kelly is just like, I mean, happy to be here. She's, Grace Kelly is, wow. She's yeah. incredible. She becomes she's, a princess. Yeah. She's incredible. 
You know? I get it. She's so beautiful, she becomes a princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like... Which is pretty much... I understand. A, the dream. Yeah, so. right. Be so beautiful that you... Yeah, Ugh. a prince marries you. Like, in modern time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Although... That'll never happen to me. Not a lot of choices for princess anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> like to, I wouldn't want to marry a lot of them. <laughs> no. Like, eh, pass. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Can I suck it up and just marry him? Mm, no. I mean... Mm. <laughs> but, uh, and Grace Kelly won for the country girl, is what it's called. Oh. So she probably had a southern accent. They were like, well, you got to give it to her. That was incredible. <laughs> that was a great accent. I know she's not from the south. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where she's from. Either way, Dorothy still got this, like, incredible compliment from, you know, the Academy Awards, yeah. um, and, which is also the Oscars, for people who don't know. I always—I hate that there's two names. It drives mm-hmm. me insane. It's an Oscar. Because <laughs> none of the other ones have two names. I think it's—is it that thing where the name of the awards are—because they're given from the Academy, they're Academy Awards, but, like, the award I, itself, probably, like, the physical thing is called the Oscar? Probably. But they I said she's nominated for an Academy Award. Like, yeah. So you win the award and, and you get you, to take home the Oscar. It's I hate it because now the slang is Oscar. Yeah, he's nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. People say that. Yeah. So then it's like, no, change the name. You know, I just saw a thing. I was looking up the word ratioed because I keep hearing like people I watch on YouTube talk about being ratioed, and I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, it sounds cool. It sounds <laughs> but made up. I don't up. know what it means. It's a real word. Um. Like, even before they were using it. But uh, I guess it's on Twitter when somebody posts something and they get way more comments Mm. than they do likes and retweets. So they're saying a whole bunch of people are disagreeing with you. So Mm -hmm. the ratio of your likes and comments to retweets is bad. So that's ratioed. Um, But I guess uh, I think it's like Merriam-Webster when I Googled it was like words we're watching (laughs) Uh that we might have to add a definition in. And I'm like, smart. They talk about the ratios a lot on TikTok, too, because they say if you have tons of followers but not as many likes, you're pretty, but, like, uh, you're not very interesting. Right. But if you have a, only a few followers but tons of likes, that you're really funny, but you're not exactly the hot one to look at. Sure. So. <laughs> There's so many internet <laughs> politics. <laughs> but Dorothy, yeah, she's got this incredible compliment, and she is getting, you know, famous. Like, mm-hmm. that's really helpful for your career for just, like, yeah. how many eyes are going to be on you. She is enjoying, like, similar response to people, like, seeing her on the street and recognizing her to, like, Marilyn Monroe and Ava Gardner. Like, people know who she is. Nice. Uh, she actually, I guess, went to, like, she did some sort of acting school with Marilyn Monroe, and they were, like, kind of friends. Hmm. It does. It wasn't mentioned in any of the things that I looked at. It was mentioned in the book because, like, I was like, oh, I bet she's probably friends or, like, knows her because they're both alive right now. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I feel like her life is similar to Marilyn Monroe, so it's, like, interesting. Um, and, the, yeah, they were friends. So I'm like, oh, fun. Nice. Which is another reason why I want to read the book, but I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you didn't have time to read a 600-page book? 678 pages? No. In, like, two days. <laughs> it's like it's like being like, wait, you didn't have time to read it? Yeah. Right. Come on. You didn't have time to read the entire Bible? <laughs> In two days. No. Um, ridiculous. No, I didn't. And in 1995, she's on the cover of Life magazine. Ooh. So, like, you know, she's not nobody. Oh, And no. she goes to the Cannes Film Festival, and when she's there, people are treating her like she's freaking royalty, right? Nice. They're, like, obsessed with her. Everyone's taking pictures, autographs, like, 
bowing at her feet. You know, everybody's just oh, having dream. such a good time. Because she's in a French film um, mm. that premieres there, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh. I'm, and I'm sure some of those people have seen her perform before, you know, when she did her European tour. Yeah. So they're like, oh, and she's back, and she's such a good actress now. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. She keeps wanting, you know, after all of these accolades and attention, she wants to get strong, like, leading roles that she's been having, but they're very limited for her race, um, and she's getting, like, disappointed that people are expecting her to continue to play kind of, like, secondary parts when, you know, now she's proven that she's a good actress and yeah. a lead actress. So she's like, this isn't what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm trying to, ex- like, expand my career, and this isn't working out. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the roles she's getting are, like I said, supporting roles or they're characters of ambiguously mixed race. So they don't want black characters. They're mm-hmm. just like, you're like brown-ish. So like you could be lots of things. Yeah. And she doesn't love that. Like she wants to be black, strong, black female mm-hmm. characters. And I'm sure that doesn't help with her already kind of weird feelings about uh, the black like power movement and then being like, play a mixed race person. That she already kind of feels like she doesn't look black enough or doesn't seem black enough. Yeah. That then they're like, just play someone who's not black. It's probably like, don't love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to the New York Times, Dandridge once said, if I were Betty Grable, uh, I could capture the world. Mm. She's white. She's got a crazy haircut that I saw. Betty Grable? Or like a a hairstyle, I should say. Mm -hmm. That's like all like, in the front. It's wild. She looks like she's on Star Trek with that hair. It's (laughs) nuts. Like, I'll show you later. Uh, the first picture of her is this wild haircut. But, uh, yeah, obviously. She's like, if I was... And there's some... It's sometimes it's quoted that it says, like, if I was white, mm-hmm. I could roll the... Or I could capture the world. Uh, I mean, it's the same sentiment, obviously. Yeah. But she doesn't actually say if I was white. I feel like she probably couldn't say that. Mm-hmm. You know? If you say an actress, you could be like, oh, because then you could be like, oh, if you were that pretty or if you were whatever. Yeah. There's more options than if... If I was white, though, you'd like me. It's like, that's not a good thing to say. And people are going to react very strongly to that, even though she's 100% speaking the truth. Oh, of course. (laughs) But, yeah, people are going to be like, "Mm, she's just mad. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay. (laughs) And now Um, be quiet. Belafonte uh, had a quote about her where he said um, that she was the right person in the right place at the wrong time. Oh. So that it's just like they're not prepared for her, basically. Uh, because, you know, also she's a woman, so she's going to get less parts for that, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of, There's a few movies they talk about that Harry Belafonte's in that his co-star is a white female mm-hmm. um, co-star instead of a black female co-star. So they are able, clearly, to get movies, movie parts, black men, with white women as the, like, other lead character. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of not happening the other way around so much. Mm. Like, they're not doing a lot of white men with black women. Because there are stereotypes against black women mm-hmm. specifically. Which Not I that feel, there which are I, stereotypes against black men. Yeah. But. I feel like that's more common today mm-hmm. is white men with black women. I agree. Like yeah. in lead roles. There's tons of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's like a promiscuity element that they're like, well, you know, that women of color are like more slutty, which they're not. <laughs> But that's that what they sounds, think in the that 50s. That sounds like so opposite to me. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what they think in the 50s. Yeah. So you're like, cool. <laughs> People in the 50s had lots of wrong ideas. They're just, like, mostly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Especially about anything about race or women uh-huh. or social issues with yeah. people involved. Yeah. They did—a large group of people did decide internment camps and 
killing Jews was bad. So that's nice. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Other things are also a problem, yeah. but, you know, take what you can get. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So anyway, uh, in Hollywood, they're, like I said, they feel like, you know, it, it seems like Hollywood directors sort of don't know where to put her in a way. And so uh, pretty soon she starts getting into some movies that are very uh, prejudiced visions of romance is what this quote says. Interracial romance specifically. Mm. That she appears in several poorly received racially and sexually charged dramas, including Island in the Sun. Ooh. Uh, which was also with Belafonte and Joan Fontaine, and Tamango, uh, in which she plays the mistress of a captain on a slave ship. Oh. She's not a slave. Okay. But she is a black woman dating a white man on a slave ship who has slaves. So it's not awesome. (laughs) And uh, Sounds like a great movie. um, (laughs) That movie, Tamango, is uh, a—that's the French film that she's in. Mm. Um, so I think it's got a different flavor uh, over there yeah. than over here, mayhaps. It's interesting. Uh, I have a quote that says, uh, it anticipates anticipates the black exploitation era that plays upon Dandridge's own ambiguous racial identity. So, like, the movie is about her character. I don't think specifically about her character, but, like, these events, and you know, revolving around her character that she's dating this white captain, but that the black slaves on the ship or the black crewmen um, start rising up against him. And basically, to her, it's like, are you going to join us or not? Hmm. Which is, like, basically where she is with her career, except for it's more complicated than that. It's not probably the most awesome (laughs) role for her at the time that she's like, can't feel great about it. Yeah, And I'm just like... I'm so sorry, sweetie, like, that they're doing this to you. It's not the best. Although, you know, she's been wanting a lead role with, like, a complex situation. So I'm like, I mean, you got it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It sounds like. Is it great, though? Yeah. I don't know. But the movie portrays her as in steamy love scenes with blonde co-star Kurd Jurgens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, no offense to Kurt Jurgens. I'm Jurgens. sure he's a fantastic actor, I'm, and I'm sure he's real handsome. But or it could be Kurt. That's one of the worst names I've ever heard. <laughs> and Kurt doesn't make it much better. Kurt, Kurt Jurgens or Kurt Jurgens. Kurt Jurg- Either way, it's bad. Kurt Jurgens is easier to say than Kurt Jurgens. Kurt Jurgens. Could it be a y? That doesn't Kurt make it better Jurgens? either. No, Kurt Jurgens. Kurt Jurgens. <laughs> I mean, is he is he like Scandinavian? <laughs> I don't know. Because he sounds I mean, Scandinavian. He has to be Scandinavian or like German or yeah. something. Like it's a, it's very yeah, Northern European yeah. sounding. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Now Got I want to learn about him. <laughs> Everything about Kurt Jurgens. Kurt Jurgens. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. But um, apparently, uh, also part of this kind of like racially ambiguous in the middle situation. So previously, she was married to um, Harold, who was black. But she also dates a lot of white guys, or actually maybe not dates, hooks up with a lot of white guys because they mm-hmm. won't be with her in public because, mm-hmm. um, you know, reputation and stuff. Yeah, of course. Which is just exhausting. Um, like, you can you can have sex with a woman of color, but you can't, like, go swimming together 
Yeah, like, it literally can't. It doesn't. That doesn't, like... Laws are stupid and bad. Uh, people are ridiculous. And people are ridiculous also. Yeah, because, I mean, they also couldn't marry her, right? So, yeah. like, in the 50s, you're not going to be out with her if you can't marry because then it's going to be, like, you're just slutting it up. You know? That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Morals. I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, morals. I like morals, but, like, those sure. aren't morals. Those no. are... It's just ridiculous. Just gross. Just bad laws. But so, yeah, she's hooking up with him. But then she also, you know, that makes it awkward because then people are judging her for that, too. Because if they find out that she's hooking up with these white guys, they're like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know? So it's like, (laughs) not the best, maybe. And that movie gets shown in Europe, right? Like I said, I think at the Cannes Film Festival. But it doesn't get shown in America until four years later. Hmm. There's, like, delay. Uh, which doesn't help her career, you know, yeah. that she's in this, like, movie, but it just doesn't come here. She's like, no, in this great French movie. Everybody and loved like, it. We've never heard of it. Don't know what that come is. Come back when we've seen it. Yeah. Tell when it's on the docket for us. So, bye. Um, she also, in this time period, is offered the role of uh, Tuptim in The King and I. Oh. Who is a slave, uh-huh. of course. And uh, she turns it down mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to play a slave. Um, and I believe that it's not a starring role either because I think the only two starring roles are the king and the white lady. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's – and this is where it's confusing too, like I said earlier, whether or not she decides to turn this down or whether she's, like, advised slash pressured to turn it down uh, because the director from one of the previous movies she was in from Carmen Jones, I think – um, Preminger, I'm just going to call him Otto because it's easier to pronounce since it's his mm-hmm. first name. Otto, uh, apparently, one of the articles I read said advises her against it. It's like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Um, and the, that article says she regretted turning it down when the king and I became enormously successful. So that maybe she had regret, but it, also I don't know if he actually told her to or not. Like, it's, yeah. there's multiple accounts that are confusing. Uh, but either way... Otto shouldn't be telling her to do anything because he's one of the white men she's been sleeping with, the director mm-hmm. in this movie that mm-hmm. she's in. And I'm like, great. And he's a massive piece of garbage. Of course he is. Shocker that a director sleeping with an actress <laughs> is trash. So Unheard of. <laughs> un- <laughs> impossible. Unrivaled. Confusion. That would never happen today. <laughs> never. Ridiculous. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Dorothy is rumored that she's going to play Billie Holiday in uh, the film version of the jazz singer's autobiography, Lady Sings the Blues. Uh, but then it doesn't ever happen. So oh, that unfortunate. Been, that would have been a great role for her. I agree. I think it would have been a great time. She actually was played in a film adaptation of the book that I want to read by Halle Berry. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Smart. That they they look similar and that they've got, um, like, similar vibes. They were mm-hmm. saying that she, they're, like, captures, like, her classiness and sultriness. Yes. So they're like, Halle Berry. Yeah, that's a, like, Halle Berry's a great choice for, to a T. for that. Mm-hmm. And they're both so pretty. Yes. Uh, and then Dorothy appears in another movie called Porgy and Bess. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, heard, I've heard of it. Heard yeah. of it? Oh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> but she's in it with somebody I've heard of, Sydney Poitier. Oh, I love Sydney Poitier. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So you know, not nothing. That's a that's a good one. Yes, that's a good role. Um, sort of. Unf- oh. <laughs> I have a quote that says, 
the characters were stereotypes, uh. drunks, drug addicts, rapists, and other undesirables, uh. that she had avoided her entire career, yet she was tormented by her refusal to appear in The King and I. Mm. And I'm like, because she probably couldn't get anything else. But um, She was like, I can't turn it down again, and you know, because what if it turns into another King and I, and it's yeah. wildly popular? Right. And- also, you know who directed it? Who? Otto. Oh. <laughs> So there's that. Not surprising at all. I wonder if while he's telling her not to be in The King and I, he's also like, be in my movie while he sleeps with her. Yeah, that's why even if he told her that, I'm like, I don't think that was for your best interest. No. Perhaps. Hmm? Like, I understand not wanting to play a slave. And if that's like her decision, like, that's completely fair. But also she gets to decide and make up her mind and you shouldn't be pressuring her to do anything. It's almost like he's trying to manipulate her. It's not the best. Uh, and Belafonte told her not to take that role, and he declined to play uh, Porgy mm. because he thought it was um, exploitative of black people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, he's right. But she does it anyway, and she won a Golden Globe for it. So, like, it's not the worst, mm-hmm. but um, it didn't really, like, the film didn't get the praise that they were expecting. And so it doesn't end up being, like, a very successful move in her career either. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that she won that award. So I'm like, oh, well, that's too bad. Sometimes losing an award is better for you than winning. Well, the Golden Globes are... (laughs) Not nearly as prestigious. No. Mm -mm. And I can't imagine in the 50s that they would be better. Uh, Dorothy started dating Otto, dating Otto, um, while they were doing Carmen Jones. um, And then kind of like, I think on and off is with him in between. Uh, But... You know, like I said, she's with she is with a lot of white men, uh, and that's frowned upon by people, mm-hmm. and especially African American people in the Hollywood filmmaking industry who are actually like successful. You know, like African American directors are like, why are you sleeping with white directors? Mm-hmm. Like, and dating all these freaking white guys. Like, it's not no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get it. I understand. It's and it's like it's not like it doesn't happen like that today. Where both ways, they're like, what are you doing? You know? Um, And in some ways, I get it. And then in other ways, I'm like, let people do what they want to do. You know? Like, maybe she loves them. I don't think she loves Otto. (laughs) Or she shouldn't. But, you know. Can't tell people who to love Alexis. No, and she's got to make her own mistakes. And she do. (laughs) So, she, uh, like I said, dating, quotation fingers, Otto, is not only a problem because he's white, he's also married, oh. presumably to a white lady, because it's not technically yeah. legal to be... <laughs> well, I guess maybe in some states it's legal, because Loving v. Virginia is more about, like, um, federally. Because mm-hmm. I think they were from a southern state. I mean, they're from Virginia, so, yeah, southern yeah. state. But um, it's probably okay, like, legal in California, but it's not cool. <laughs> like, yeah. people don't want you to do it. Just because something's legal doesn't mean it's like... Doesn't mean people like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's true about a lot of things. <laughs> Most things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And he's married. So, like, it also is bad for that, like yeah. I said. And uh, I have a quote that says, Preminger, ostensibly her favorite among many white suitors, refused to leave his wife after a four-year relationship with her. Four years. Yeah. And not only that, but from a different article, I have a quote that says, She was pregnant, but he refused to get a divorce. He broke off the relationship, and Dandridge had an abortion to avoid scandal. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
Oh, honey. So, like, not just he wouldn't leave his wife for you after dating you for a lot of years, but he got you pregnant, and then when you told him he wouldn't leave his wife to take care of your child, so you had you had to get an abortion to not, like, ruin your career and your life. Cool. Really good. Yeah, he's a garbage man. <laughs> Love that. It's just, yeah, like I said, just assume men in this story are bad. Like, the only good man in this story is Harry, Harry Belafonte. Belafonte. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because they're friends. Yeah. He doesn't date her. And that's the only reason. Um, I'm sure he's fine otherwise. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying relationships are messy and often yeah. bad. But here you go. She had a, like, black husband who is bad and terrible about her kid, and now she has this white boyfriend, also bad. It's just like men. Mm-hmm. Especially in the 50s. Cool. (laughs) Love it. Do you ever think about that and be like, oh, my grandparents, like, I hope my grandparents weren't like that. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. my grandparents weren't like having affairs and stuff. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they weren't racist. Oh, see. Because they're they're not racist now. Yeah. So I I like to think that they weren't racist back then. Yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. But, But you don't know for sure. Right. And I'm like, I don't know that I'd want to know. See, whereas my dad told me that his dad was, like, super racist, and I believe him. Yeah. I didn't meet him because he died when I was two. But, like, yeah. so I'm like, so when you're like, oh, I don't know if they were bad, I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> At least yeah. one of my grandpas. Yeah. I know. I don't think he was cheating on my grandma. I know one of my great-grandparents was kind of a dick, but. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Everybody's got sketchy ancestors, yeah. you know. Uh, and you, it's fine. You don't have any mm. control over what they do. No. So in 1951, or 57, numbers, a tabloid reports about a tryst between Dorothy and a Lake Tahoe man. Oh. <laughs> she had a, a man from Lake Tahoe. She had a fling with him, I'm assuming. Say more. On vacation. Um, but Dorothy takes it to court, and she says that's impossible because uh, there's a curfew for people of color. At Lake Tahoe. So she was confined to her room at the time. Boom! <laughs> and she wins $10,000 in a settlement. Nice. <laughs> Get that money. Suck it. And $10,000 is worth way more in the 50s. Oh, yeah. That's a ton. I- I'd love $10,000 today. <laughs> I'd love it now. But, man, <laughs> is it like 10 times yeah. as much at least in the 50s. But, yeah, just I just love this little excerpt of information because... It's like just I feel like a good summary of what's happening in her life. People are like accusing her of stuff, like whether or not it's true. Um, and then she's like, "That can't happen because of the rules, uh, because I am black." Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh, I'm like oh yeah, that's fair. fair. Yeah, you aren't allowed to be out. True. After a certain time, here's, so. here's some money. Yeah, and you're like great. <laughs> so <weird>. thank you. <laughs> it's such nonsense. <laughs> um, so then. Dorothy gets married to her second husband, Jack Denison, uh, in 1959. Jack Denison is white, just so you know. Dorothy is, like, heavily depressed now. She's having a real bad time. Mm -hmm. Fair, because she, like, just had an abortion not too long ago and, like, got left by her boyfriend. And then just a lot of pressure on her, like we said. Uh, She drinks a lot, and uh, not only is she drinking, but she's drinking, and she's also taking antidepressants. Um, Oh, those aren't supposed to mix usually. Yeah, and I have a quote that says, drugging herself so heavily that she fell asleep at the reception for her second wedding. Oh, honey. Yeah. Especially with, like, antidepressants back then. 
Yes. I'm like, you can, oh. And during your wedding that you had taken so many antidepressants and, and so drank alcohol. so much alcohol that it's like, you think you just, I don't know, like uh, antidepressants aren't the same in the past as they are yeah. now. So you think you just skip them for the day. You know you're going to drink. Mm-hmm. So you just drink. I'm like, maybe she didn't want to get married because it doesn't seem like she's having a great time there. Uh, or maybe you don't have a reception. Just get married in a courthouse or something, you know? Yeah. Like, if you clearly don't want to be there, it's like, don't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I think she had the choice. I have no idea. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Dorothy apparently really likes him. Uh, he gives her a lot of attention, I guess, which she appreciates since, you know, the last one's not so much. I mean. So fair. I do love I do love attention. I love a good amount of attention. Quality time, pretty high on my yeah, oh yeah, love languages, and that's pretty good attention. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, her new husband Jack has a failing restaurant that she then invests in. Oh no! To help. Um, Don't invest in restaurants. And I saw that not only apparently some of them said not only was she investing in it, but she was performing there also to try oh. to get people to go. Uh, and but it still doesn't work, um, and she ends up losing a lot of her savings and investment into him, and uh, he's apparently also abusive and mishandles her money. So that's good. And then uh, they get a divorce in 1962. So they're only married for like three, three years. years. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not great at men picking, you know, but also like. I, I feel like you'd have a really hard time being her in Hollywood trying to find anybody who's not trash. Mm-hmm. So, even now, maybe. If, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood is rough. It's so. full of lots of trash people. Yeah. I Hard to do. That's why we love so hard the good ones. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people love so hard the drama. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's so much of it. Even back then. Obviously, like look yeah. at her life. Yeah. Um, she, like I said, she's drinking a lot, taking a lot of depressants. She earned uh, $250,000 the year that she married Jack, which is Whoa. a ton. Like, I didn't that's check. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I didn't check the uh, inflation rate, but that's got to be like nearing a million dollars. Yeah. And then. Like, the next year, she has to file for bankruptcy. Oh, my god! Like, that's how much money he took from her. And it's just like, it's not. He sucks. It's real bad. And then um, she starts singing as a nightclub performer again, which is, like, a huge step down for her career when she's been, you know, um, a lead actress in so many movies. But she needs to. She has to... got a golden globe. Yeah. <laughs> and she almost won an Oscar. Um, but she needs to make money. So she starts performing in lounges again. She's relegated to second-rate lounges, my quote mm-hmm. says, and stage productions, and her financial situation is just getting worse. And in 1963, she can no longer afford to pay for her daughter's 24-hour medical care. So at first, like she's had her being taken care of in private care for you know since she got money that mm-hmm. she just was with the parent her parents until she could or her mom and her girlfriend until she could. Uh, get her in professional care. Mm -hmm. And then because she can't afford professional care anymore, she starts trying to take care of her herself. But Lynn at this point is 20 years old now, um, but she is, uh, my quote says, violent and unmanageable. Mm. 
that her brain damage has just made her really aggressive and much more difficult when it's a 20-year-old than a 2-year-old. Yeah. Like, she's going to really hit you and, like, be aggressive and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, like, a lot of people aren't able to take care of that themselves. There's a reason professional care exists, and it's because some cases it's just not possible. Uh, and so she can't afford private care, and she decides she can't take care of Lynn herself. It's just not working. So she puts her in a state mental hospital. And then she just feels horrible about mm-hmm. it. Like, she feels... and Because she knows that they're not good, especially yeah. in the 50s um, no, or they're... 60s, sorry, but still. Not great. Not a very good place. And this, like, just guts her, basically. That yeah. She's just like, this is, like, the worst but thing that can happen to What else is she supposed to, to do? Yeah, I mean, there's not another option. Yeah. But she still, I'm sure, fa- feels like a oh, failure as a mother. Definitely. Um, I'm sure she remembers, like, I was so excited to be pregnant, to keep my husband around, and lo- thought that they were going to have all these wonderful times together being parents, and then just none of that happens. And it's just, you know, probably just another, like, Oh, I had a dream that this would be awesome in my life, and it just is not. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, th- I can't remember what year um, Marilyn Monroe dies, but it's around this time. And she hears about it, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, they're not super close, but, you know, it's. I'm sure she's still seen her around, seen yeah. her in movies. She knows her. And I guess Marilyn was really, um, like, open about being friends with black people and, like, mm-hmm. really obvious that she, like— cared about them and, like, thought they deserved rights and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's real cool about it. So uh, I'm sure it was, you know, a decent loss as far as, like, somebody I knew supported me. Yeah. You know, especially in such dangerous circles uh, where people are so aggressive and uh, difficult to read that she's like, well, I know she has my back. And then not and anymore because – and then and the way that Marilyn Monroe dies is so – questionable and like strange in a way that it's just like what's going on you know who's to say what's happening so and i'm me. sure that can't also can't feel good yeah. being like i don't even know what happened like it, at the height of her career in her life it's like mm-hmm. what's going on dorothy contacts mills who's her old manager um and is like, I need to work again. I need to act. But, like, I'm having this terrible time. I've, I'm on all this alcohol and these drugs. And, like, I lost my daughter. None of this is working. And to his credit, he's one of the only likable men in the story. Uh, once again, platonic. He sends her to a health spa in Mexico to, like, recover, basically mm-hmm. to recovery. And he also plans for her to do some nightclub engagements there to perform and mm-hmm. everything. So that's nice. And uh, she comes back and she gets a really enthusiastic response from these Mexican performances that she does. And then she's scheduled to go to New York, but she f- fractures her foot on a flight of stairs while she's in Mexico. Um, so the doctor's like, we're going to have to put a cast on you. And they don't want to perform with a cast because, yeah. you know, looks are everything. Yeah. On the morning of September 8th, 1965, uh, she's in Hollywood. Right, returned. And she calls Mills to reschedule an appointment for her cast because she says she needs to sleep more because she's real tired. And then uh, he comes to pick her up in the afternoon, and she's on the bathroom floor dead. She's 42. No. Mm -hmm. They attribute her death to, at first, a blood clot. 
Mm-hmm. They think she's a fat embolism from her fractured foot, which is basically like, apparently this happens a lot to people's like pelvises and femurs, that when they break, for some reason, the area around them is more fatty, perhaps. And so mm-hmm. uh, the fat will get into your bloodstream. And then just like any other clot that you can have, uh, it can kill you. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they think it is at first. Um, but then they realized that she had taken a lethal dose of her antidepressant. So then they're like, nah, probably that. Which, you know, with these kind of things, it's always a question about, like, was that intentional? Yeah. I don't know. Or well, if it was just so like. Many of the, so many of the prescribed drugs back then are, mm-hmm. we know now, to be so dangerous. Yeah. And... I don't know this one, but she's on Tofranil. Tofranil. Um, but it's definitely not one they prescribe oh, no. nowadays. Of course not, because they've learned how to do it. Yeah. Um, Right, and there's no, like, as far, I don't know anything about, like, if it gave her, you know, um, suicidal ideation or anything mm-hmm. like that. So. They usually do. Yay. And especially old ones before they yep. even tell you that. So it's yep. hard to say, but she was clearly having a really hard time with a lot of stuff. And it's entirely possible, you know, that she did those performances. And when she came back that she was just like, I don't think I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't think I can fix it, you know. Which is terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's also possible that she was just in a lot of pain and that she was like, this is helping it be managed in some way and she just overdid it. Much, yeah. Unfortunately, a very common situation for actors mm. and performers in general. Uh, and like I said, very similar to Marilyn Monroe, yeah. unfortunately. What year was this that she died? 1965. 65. Man. Yeah, it's just a few years after Marilyn Monroe dies. It's like two or three. Wow. Yeah. Because I was like, when I read that, I was like, did she die? Like, is Marilyn Monroe dead? Because I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. I, I knew it was in like the mid-ish 60s. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was just like a couple years before. So I'm just like, it's sad. It's very sad. Her last wish uh, she wrote in a note that she had given to Mills months before she died. That sounds more like it was potentially taking, you know, her own life because Mm -hmm. she had a note with what to do with her stuff, which is, Mm. you know, could have just been like, we need to make my will official, but also could be... The timing is... Planning. And it was that all of her belongings would go to her mother, um, which, like, you know, from a legal perspective, I'm like, they should already do that. Uh, Your daughter is... Doesn't it automatically go to, like, your next of kin? Yeah, it would automatically go to her daughter normally, but her daughter is in a mental hospital. She doesn't know. So, like, it's going to go to your mom. Yeah. It's not going to go to your ex-husband's. Like, No. No. Uh, It should go to her mom anyway, but, like, fair. It's good to be specific. Yeah. Because you don't want it to get moved around and you don't know where it's going. But um, I quote that says, despite her Life magazine cover, her Oscar nomination, her Golden Globe, and her extensive body of work, only $2.14 remained in her bank account after her death. Whoa. Yeah. Which also probably a contributing factor. Oh, gosh. She's incredibly broke. Yeah. So, And that's after her bankruptcy. So, like, that's all she's got. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Yeah. Anyway. That's very sad. That's the end. <laughs> I was hoping for, like, a nice quote from Harry Belafonte, like, no. about her after her death. No, that's it. Come on, Harry. Come on, buddy. I mean, I'm sure they exist. <laughs> yeah. He seems like he liked her a lot. Um, which then I'm like, you should date Harry Belafonte. Mm-hmm. But then maybe he'd also be garbage. I don't know. Yeah. 
You know what? Haven't I, looked into it. I am a big supporter of ma- male and female platonic friendships. Oh, like, same. They're my friendships with guys that are completely platonic are like my f- best relationships sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Mm-hmm. So then, totally. then, then everybody's like, oh, you should date. You should date. Yeah. It's like, like nah. leave me alone. No, it's perfect how it is. Right. <laughs> Well, for all I know, Harry Belafonte could be gay. I have no idea. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> a lot of men back then were. Mm-hmm. Just like now. Yeah. Um, so not my place to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, I know it's depressing. <laughs> that was a downer. But also, like, I just, you know, I was looking through a list of different um, women, black women that I had to potentially do episodes on. And, you know, a lot of them I was like, this person, I feel like I want to read a whole book about them, you know. And, like, Dorothy, I still do. You know, I really like her, and I like her story, and I think it's really interesting. But it felt like something that I wanted to talk about because, like I said, it's that it's so similar to Marilyn Monroe and that I've just never heard anything about it. Yeah. Like, that it's—she's got a very, like, kind of romantic tragedy Hollywood life mm-hmm. that I a lot of people had at the time but that aren't, like, as spotlighted on— you know, events because the person isn't seen as important mm-hmm. or as important. Like, I read something that there was, like, this encyclopedia that they did about Hollywood history in general, like Hollywood stars, and they had a 1,000 entries in the letter D, and she wasn't in it. Whoa. At all. And I suppose it's subjective about whether or not you think she's worthy of being in there or if they even knew that she existed, I guess. But... I don't know. It just... That would still be sad if they didn't even know. Yeah. And almost all this information comes from that one book. Like, there's not... Like, they have sources, obviously. Mm -hmm. But there's not a lot of um, talk about her, I feel like, out there. Yeah, I'd never never heard about her. Me neither. Um, And she just felt, like, so human to me. Like, everything, reading everything about her. Like, you know, the triumphs and tragedies in her life and, like, the hard choices she has to make and the bad choices she makes and the unfortunate consequences that she could predict of things that she does are just, like, very—she just feels like a real person, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, that's what we want to do on the show is, like, make people feel real. Yeah. Um, and to spotlight, you know, that it's, like, not always going to be happy. And I know this maybe wasn't, like, the funniest episode <laughs> in the world. I understand um, the subject matter, perhaps, is not super funny. Um, we had some, some good gigs earlier. some good jokes, yeah. But uh, I wanted to talk about her. I think she's worthy of talking about. Yeah. And um, now I want to watch some old movies, which is shocking because I think <laughs> I just don't like them. <laughs> so, like, the fact that... Learning about her makes me want to watch them is, like, kind of incredible. Yeah. Um, I also want to say we're going to do a few. Uh, Haley should be back for the next episode, but there might be one more. Not sure. We'll see. Uh, we're going to do, you know, like I said, a few episodes where we're going to talk about famous black uh, people or African people from around the world, hopefully. Um, I've been looking for some black French people to talk about. Because, yes. you know, got to keep it in the theme. Yeah. Uh, and there's quite a few of them, um, <laughs> obviously. You know, we're going to be talking about race, obviously. And it does feel sort of awkward because we're white to be, you know, um, talking about it. So, like, I feel like some of the times I'm like, oh, should I say that? Should I? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and that's, like, you know, part of uh, 
us educating ourselves and being willing to talk about it. Because a lot of the times white people don't want to talk about race because they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to offend someone. And they know that that's like easily done. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if we say something that's like not a joke or that you think was an offensive joke that we shouldn't say something like that, like we're sorry. And uh, let us know, please. Um, And we're going to keep trying and attempting to have these conversations because we do think they're important and want to actually talk about them. But, you know, we're imperfect. And as most white people have been, I believe we are raised to not talk about it. Uh, So it's going to be clunky probably while we do so. But learning is good. That's the point. That's how we progress and move forward. And hopefully as we gain some confidence in talking about these things, you will also gain confidence whether or not you're white in talking about racial stuff in general because it's uncomfortable for everyone, I think. And, um, yeah, it'll be good. Mm -hmm. Like I I think I talked to you about this, but I looked up whether or not mixed race was offensive Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't know. But I thought about it, you know, because the person that I was looking at was someone of uh, multiple ethnicities. And so I was like, is mixed race, like, cool or is that bad? Because it sounds like one of those where it's like, could be bad. And uh, I read this whole article about it on NPR, and the answer was like, uh, don't know. (laughs) Because the person who did it is multi, like of multi-ethnicities. And she basically said when she was a kid, she thought that mixed was an insult because her mom reacted badly to it in, like, the mm. supermarket and when people would ask about her kids. Um, because I'm assuming she's white and that her kids are darker. Because mm-hmm. I think her the woman was half black and half white who was writing this. And uh, she so she assumed it was bad. And then when she grew up, she was, like, curious about, like, scholarly, if that was true, but that most scholarly works used the term mixed race. They also use multi-ethnic, mm-hmm. but that mostly it's mixed race. So she's like, I guess it's okay. And that, like, Tay Diggs, I think, wrote a book, like, for his daughter with um, uh, Adina Menzel that was mm-hmm. uh, it's called Mixed, mm-hmm. right, because she's mixed race also. Um, so then— Wait, Ty Diggs had a kid with— I think so. I I know he has a child with a white woman, so I assume it's her. You're blowing Um, my mind right now. I I know. I I mean, I've never. I know he has a half black, half white daughter, so I and I think it's with her. That's she's the only like white woman that I know he's had a long relationship with. Uh So that's an assumption. I'm assuming. I I mean I. I know nothing of the romantic dealings of Adina Menzel. So oh yeah, they they were they were dating for a long time. Oh so and maybe they were married. Don't know. So I assume it's her child. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> Don't at me if I'm wrong. Okay? I know I read the article, but it was weeks ago, and I didn't care about that part. I was worried about being offensive, <laughs> and then I'm probably offensive now. But the book is called, like, Mixed. Mm-hmm. Right? So then she was like, is it cool now? I don't know what we're doing. And then it was cute because at the end she, like, calls her mom. Uh, I'll link this on the Facebook page. But she calls her mom and is like, hey, <laughs> like, you found that insulting when they called me this. And she was like, I was just insulted by how many people would ask mm. about what you were all the time. It's not even the words they used. It's yeah. just that they were asking in general like it mattered, you know, like that they're looking at you and being like, oh, you're other. That's yeah. weird. Why is that happening? And it's just like that's not appropriate. It's they so shouldn't weird. be asking you that. So She's weird. like, I shouldn't be getting questions about like. What are my daughters? And you shouldn't be getting questions about what you are. Um, they're humans. Yeah. Thanks. We're all people. 
And I understand. It's not like I've never, you know, seen an actor and been like, what is your ethnicity? Because I can't put my finger on it. And then I Google it and it tells me and I say, great. Yeah. But I would never ask them in person. Curiosity is very different than, like, going up to the person in their face and asking never. them. Like, n- I can't know. Wild. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, um, please let us know. Podcast at gmail.com. You could send us suggestions. You could send us love. You could send us criticism. Do it. Like if, Like I said, if we did anything weird or wrong or made you uncomfortable, tell me. Uh... And you can leave us a review on Stitcher or on iTunes um, or we're, there's a new Hubble app is what it's called um, that we talk to the creators of. And you can rate by episode. Oh. So if you have a favorite episode, we would love if you could um, – I think there's a website too. But if you download the app, um, you can go on there and rate individual episodes so that people know where to start. So they can look for a highly rated one and hop in in a place that's going to give them the best impression of us possible. That's a cool thing. Yeah. And we'd appreciate it uh, because the collective total of episode um, rankings are aggregated to be like your total score. Mm. Um, And ours isn't like awesome right now. (laughs) So we would love some nice numbers for the episodes you really like. Direct people to those good ones so then they love us immediately. (laughs) Um, And you can join us on Facebook also. Uh, We post memes and other things. The memes are great. Memes are pretty good. Uh, We also post, like, sometimes we post quizzes about which president you should marry. It's fun. (laughs) Just, like, historical goofiness. And, like, the video that I mentioned of Chattanooga Chichu will be on there as well as the article I was just talking about. So, like, if you are like, where are the resources? Um, they're over there. It'll be there. Yeah. Um, and we also have Patreon. Right now, um, we're not charging patrons for Patreon who are already there. But if you join us now, you will be charged, like, the initial fee to be in the group. Uh, but we have a Discord going on where we're having some fun times. It's I forgot it was Monday. Supposed to post a question, question Monday. So got to do that. <laughs> but uh, we just chit-chat about historical things. Recently, somebody mentioned in the Discord that they were listening to episode 56 of the podcast, which is The Dancing Plague. Mm-hmm. And one of us says, like, uh, well, we can't under or we can't really understand the stress that people are under during a plague. <laughs> <laughs> so you can now. <laughs> Sorry, our fault. <laughs> Jinx the world. It was um, a foreshadowing event. So yeah, they dig up some good nuggets sometimes over there on the Discord. That's really funny. Some fun times. Also, a lot of pictures of cows because people. We a lot of dairy farmers listen to us, and we love cows. So it's a good melding there. They're pretty cool. But, yeah, you can join us on there if you want to support us. Uh, But otherwise, just thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode, even though, like I said, it's kind of sad. But enjoy learning about Dorothy and uh, that it helped educate you some in just, like, black American history in general. Good times. Yeah. Anyway, bye. Bye. Bye.